My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to episode 25 of the Oddscast podcast. I'm Dominic Leo, alongside Joe Delera, Terry Takes, Preacher Corey in our Hudson County studios. Uh, Good episode for us on tap this weekend. Not a not a huge gambling weekend, but we have uh, some NBA to discuss as we get towards the playoffs. Some college basketball, some XFL. We in week three now, Terry. What are we? We're in week four. Oh, the X shit. is for sex. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a special uh, guest contributor coming on who's just killing it in NHL bets, and we're going to talk to him about the NHL trade deadline and the futures market as we go into the NHL. Um, playoffs, but that's going to be after our first break. First, we're just going to talk about the uh, Fury Wilder fight just for 30 seconds. Joe Delera was the only person on Tyson Fury on the podcast. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, we so bet the American that, guy. You know. Yeah. And then last uh, time I listened to Dom tell me how to be an American, you know? <laughs> so, and uh, Deontay Wilder got completely destroyed, like, never was in the fight at all. Yeah. Um, and now. Wilder. He apparently gained like 22 pounds. Didn't even realize before the fight. Besides the suit of armor <laughs> that he wore. Who didn't? He didn't realize? No, like I didn't realize that he gained so much weight oh. uh, even going into the fight. Yeah, he, like, no. he gained like 20 pounds and then plus like, you know, that suit of armor. I know. Since his legs were tired. Yeah, no, there's a mirror in my bathroom, so I see how much weight I gain every day. Oh. <laughs> Wilder <This is> <laughs> had a um, rematch clause in the contract for, and this is their second fight. First fight ended in a tie. A draw. Fight, a draw. Draw. Second fight was the fight that Fury uh, <laughs> just beat him. And then uh, now, <laughs> now uh, I saw odds, preliminary odds came out, and Fury's like a minus 215 favorite um, money line in the um, odds for, for fight number three. Um, I don't know if I feel confident ever backing Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury again. It just seems like, you know, Fury just is so big and it knocks him off his game. Fury, I mean, Wilder's used to being like in that puncher's position where he's dominating the fight and he's not really meant to be like a counterboxer. So yeah. uh, he, he seemed to be like off. And as soon as he started bleeding, I think it just totally messed his game up. Cause he, like you said, he's used to being in control. He's used to being in charge. He's used to being in the position that he can just end the fight basically whenever he wants. And that's just not what was happening there. Hey, Corey, put in um, a dodgeball clip. No one makes me bleed my own blood right there. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Check. Okay. Also, fucking sick when Fury was, like, licking him. Sick, like, like actually sick or, like... Like, sick, like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Someone didn't read the hot zone in high school because that's how Ebola spreads. So... (laughs) But yeah, moving on to NBA, uh, Joe Delera is our resident NBA specialist. Um, what's your take on the NBA market right now? I know you've been betting a lot of games, yeah, uh, fading, been... fading bad teams, yeah, how's trying the market? to bet good the teams. The market's been nice. Is it, the... Wait, has the market been affected by coronavirus? Uh, not this market at this point in time. Okay. Uh, however, I do think that there are, you know... That's because Hong Kong stopped watching the NBA. That's what I was going to say. Like, we're not getting polluted. So uh, we're in good shape. 
you know. So um, we we're looking at a couple different things though. Now it's post All Star break. You're towards the end of the season, um, and one of the major things is like what are what's motivating some of these teams right now uh, to perform. The thing can, that's can, can I ask you a quick question though? Go ahead. What did you think about the f- two week break after the All Star game? Uh, I don't. What was up with that? And then why did guys not play on the first game back? That was crazy. Yeah. The fact that people didn't play like right away. I, I didn't understand that. Like for rest, I was like, that's But crazy. even on like a back to back, like they just had five Excuse days me, off. What? Ass to ass. ass. Yeah. So um, I know like some teams, they just aren't playing guys on the second game of an ass to ass, like at all this season, um, which... I think it's something that the NF or the NBA, uh, sorry, contract negotiations, but the NBA Players Association has really pushed for to end uh, back to backs. Um, and this year, on average, an NBA team has sixteen back to back sets uh, throughout the course of the season, which is down from previous years, but it's uh, it's definitely better. Um, sixteen games or like sixteen or like paired so up eight games. games, so eight eight games on, on no rest, yeah, or so. Um, the thing that's interesting now though, is like the bucks already clinched the playoff spot and that is mind boggling. It's February. Uh, it's a short month, you know, and they still did it in February. So they longer this year. I know. So it's still, it's impressive either way. Cause they didn't need the extra day. Um, but one of the things that's happening now is you're going to have teams start jockeying for draft order and, the you know, having a better opportunity in the lottery. Giddy up. So the thing that's actually most surprising to me right now, looking at these, the reverse, reverse standings, uh, number one odds at the first pick are the Warriors, then the Cavs, then the Timberwolves, then the Atlanta Hawks. So the Knicks. How have you, how have you said four teams and then you haven't said the Knicks? The Knicks are fifth. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, I didn't even, I, I was looking at this. I was like, this is crazy. I didn't even realize the Knicks were like not that bad. Yeah, Tom's even looking at this. He's like, what the heck? So, wait. No. How does it make you feel that the, <laughs> the Warriors are going to get the first pick and they have Steph and Clay that so aren't even playing this it's, year? It's it's insane. So, I think what might happen here, because it's, it's all about, like, percentage chance to get the number one pick. Curry is going to come back. He's coming back on Sunday. Uh, and Why? Be, well, because it's a hand injury, um, not you know, like, like a ligament or something like that. They want him to come back. They don't want him to miss a full year at this stage of his career. Uh, and they want to kind of see, I think how, uh, he gels with some of the, you know, like some of their rookies and some of their guys that are, uh, getting a little bit more playing time so far this year. Uh, so that's part of why he's coming back. But so I think they might not actually finish with the number one odds for the number one pick, but this really goes into motivations for why certain teams are going to perform, uh, well maybe, or were or better or worse going into the end of the season. Um, so like you're looking at, uh, like the Hawks, they're kind of an underperformed team due to suspensions and stuff. Like, I think you can still bet on them, uh, to win some games. Like they're not trying to tank, uh, but if you're looking at the Cavs, the Timberwolves even are kind of a, in a weird spot uh, because they want to see how D'Lo and Cat, you know, your boy, uh, get along uh, together so and see how they can improve. But you have some other teams like the Pistons are probably looking to tank. Uh, the Cavs are definitely looking to tank. The Bulls probably, the Hornets. Uh, and even the Knicks just don't know what they're doing. Uh, so that's probably why they're fifth worst. But 
it gives you a good opportunity. Uh, you might see like a fat spread um, where, you know, like let's say the Bucks are playing the like the Cavs and the Bucks are minus 14 and you look at that and you go, that's a lot of points. <laughs> but in, you know, in games where teams are tanking, uh, it's profitable to bet on uh, bet against them, uh, especially when, you know, they're a home team, they're an underdog, you think they might be able to cover at home, they're just not going to do it. And if you look at that type of system, it really hits like a 58% rate or so, uh, according to the Action Network, um, if you fade those teams at the end of the season. So that's like one angle for you. Uh, that you can kind of take at to look at. Um, also, at this point of the season, we kind of know who these teams are now. Uh, we have a feel for them. Some of their trends, ma- these trends matter that have happened now throughout the course of the season. They're a little bit more reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Like not, what, Joe? It's like for over-unders and pace, especially. Uh, you know how this team is going to play. Pace, I'm very quick for short bursts. Okay. But don't ask me to go back in the game. Okay, so you would be bad on the back end of an ass-to-ass. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm not even getting out of the first quarter. Oh, boy, this is tough. First yeah. quarter only bets for you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> the, but it's interesting because you can look at the, that data. Uh, one of the things that I look at is um, I'll, I'll use a couple different websites. I know the Action Network has it. Uh, there's a, oh, another website against the spread trends. And you they compile data that basically says, you know. What's the other website? Against the spread trends. That's a website? Yeah. You've known about us for how long? I've sent you the link. There's no yeah, way. I've seen it before. That's not, not true. <laughs> so, and you can you can look at how teams do against the spread, and you can sort it by, you know, home favorites, favorites, uh, road dogs with the rest advantage, rest disadvantage. Um, and that's some of the information that I use to compile. This is uh, free? My decision, yeah. You're, I've never I've seen I've absolutely said No this way. To you. Do they have it for college basketball? No. I, well, I don't know. They have it for the NBA. No. Um, so it's interesting because you can see where a team may be like, it looks like they cover a lot, but it, but, or like, it looks like they don't cover, but like they, it has to do with the way they, uh, like the margin of victory or how much they might get blown out on the spread a couple times. And it really messes up that, that data. But also the thing to remember is, uh, at this point of the season, sports books are looking at, they recognize that the public might have picked up on some trends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure you guys have all kind of heard about how the Sixers are not good on the road. <laughs> I have I have heard that before. Yes. So, uh, you know, it's an opportunity at this point of the game. Granted, like, they suck today, uh, but you, with MB getting hurt and then Simmons also getting hurt. But it gives you the opportunity to uh, look at the line. Remember that the sportsbooks are putting that line there, not because they necessarily think it's going to go one way or the other, but because they're trying to generate bets on both sides of the line. Mm-hmm. So it's important to remember that, and you might be able to grab some value uh, on some of these games just because you know you're kind of betting in a bit of a contrarian way. Speaking of um, teams jockeying for draft position, have you looked at the number one overall pick? draft odds in terms of who the player is actually going to be uh not recently because there's no favorite anthony edwards is plus 125 uh denny avdija who is this israeli player is plus 200 Lamelo ball plus 200 tyrese halliburton from i think usc plus 300 um there's like it's wide open yeah it's it's actually not like it's a good year to not 
be it's good year to be the Knicks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's supposedly supposedly it's a very weak draft class in terms of star power. Yes. Um, but some some players like kind of you know stand out to me just because a lot of these players aren't going to be featured in the NCAA tournament. Um, like, yeah, like Isaac Okoro from Auburn will be in the tournament. Obi Toppin from Dayton will be in the tournament. Like, but Wiseman, Wiseman's not. Wiseman's Mello Ball's not. not like. uh, and George is probably not going to make the tournament. Um, so it's like an interesting thing if you actually think that putting on a show in the NCAA tournament is going to propel somebody out of that to be a number one pick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, we'll do some research on it. I wouldn't recommend putting in for anybody right now until no. we look at it. And especially because we don't know who's going to be. It's not even worth doing until you see what the lottery is. Well, it's. I, I think the NBA draft has gotten to a point where, unless it's like point guard, like pure point guard, teams really don't draft based on need because it's like yeah. we'll just mesh the players and these kind of have like. Best. Well, it's like, like yeah, I mean, it's kind of become it's becoming more of a positionless sport. Yes. Um. So I think it's just you know it's not necessarily teams don't draft on need they just draft on potential. Um, especially now trying to just hit, uh, you know, the next, the next Giannis or, um, the next Embiid. Um, but you know, like I think, and speaking of futures, uh, right now, um, we saw the Bucks beat the Raptors again for the second time this season, uh, in Toronto, in Toronto. And granted the Raptors were missing Marcus Saul, but the Bucks were also missing, uh, Kyle Korver. Mark with a C. Mark with a C. Um, and, you know, it, it's the Raptors, I think, are probably the best position team in the East to maybe beat the, like, to run through the East besides mm-hmm. the Bucks At plus 650 right now, behind yeah. the Sixers at plus 600 to win the East. The Sixers are, are the Sixers are the worst. I, I hate everything about them. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, wow. the, the Sixers are the worst. They're so frustrating. They don't make any sense. They have way too much uh, talent, and they're terrible. But the Raptors can kind of give teams trouble because of the way they shoot threes and the way they play defense. They can kind of switch. They're a little bit positionless. Mm. But the Bucks are just dominant. I think the Bucks are going to run through the East again, um, you know, or f- through this postseason too. I think it's, it's weird to say that they uh, present some value, even on like a title pick. Mm-hmm. But like I like I said before, I don't, I'm not trying to lay money at this point in the season for a bet that's going to pay out in June at plus two sixty odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do seem to present value because I think that they're going to they're like automatically going to come out of the East. You think Whoa. any? Like, I mean, I, it's tough for me to just say that a team that's never done it um, before, like, is just going to be penciled in. Like, yeah. that's an Im- immense amount of pressure on Giannis. They well, they failed yeah. last year to do it, and, um, and I think there's there's an argument to be made. You know, not for the Sixers, but a team like the Raptors, who's done it before. You know, Nick Nurse has been like. These, this upstart head coach that might be the best coach in the league. Um, the Celtics, like if Tatum keeps looking like the superstar that he is, like there's a, an argument that they can kind of come out of the East. Is there any other, like what are, would you rank the teams as far as like least to most surprised? If they came out of the if East. If they came out of the East. Like uh, obviously Bucks are one. The Bucks then, I'm, I'm, I waffle between the Raptors and the Celtics. Waffle. <laughs> <laughs> I waffle between the Raptors and the Celtics. Okay. Um, because if Tatum is going to do 
if Tatum can continue what he's doing right now through the playoffs, mm-hmm. then they are then they become title contenders, not yes. just Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the opportunity to ruin like the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. and upset the Bucks. Uh, the Sixers just can't seem to figure it out. I put them lowest. I think where where do the Heat fit in? Uh, uh, I like. I don't think that they're. I don't eh. really. They're not really good, but like they are. Like I think they're overrated. They hit. They're hitting shots at. They're basically their field goal percentage doesn't really correlate with their true shooting and effective field goal percentage mm-hmm. over the course of the season. And they're base. And they give up a lot of good shots to opponents, particularly the corner three. And for whatever reason, opponents don't hit it. Um, so I don't know if it's luck or if it has something to do with their scheme, but it seems like they're giving up good shots and they're getting lucky, uh, I think through so far through this point of the season. And I think that they're more of a team to fade going into the playoffs than to go up on. I don't think the acquisition of Andre Iguodala was all that big of a deal. I think Mm. it was good from like a leadership perspective, but I don't think he makes them substantially better as like a team okay. he's old you know? well there, there's there's a lot of time um, yeah i mean if like if and then like like i've talked about the pacers if victor oladipo figures it out then you know they're a problem mm-hmm. you don't want to see them so yeah. i don't want to see them in the streets <laughs> you well, avoid them in the streets my only problem with the bucks is that they've never done it and but no team in the east has right now yeah but like they don't because when, 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 when you see them, when you see them play like yeah, when you like, see them face like a good defense and like it's ratcheted up i feel like Giannis like it's hard for Giannis to make shots well i think the thing is like is, like he doesn't have he doesn't have it. Yet. He he's not a good jump shooter. Well, yeah, it's, which yes. is his problem. And like the thing is that they they need he needs to understand too that he's got Chris Middleton, who is arguably the best shooter in the league this year, um, from uh, like a positionless perspective, from the three point range, from the free throw line, from anywhere in two point range. I think that that's what uh, we want to do. So. Uh, you know, I think I think the Bucks are the team to beat. We is that we want to, you are you on the Bucks now? Uh, I meant like us as like a pod. Uh, <laughs> as a pod. Uh, <laughs> all right. Speaking as uh, of us as a pod, and only one person's really into the sport. Let's turn to the XFL, <laughs> where Terry takes. I watch. You don't like extreme sports. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where are we at in the season? I, I fucked up and said it was week three, but uh, it's actually week four. We are approaching week four, the halfway point through the season. I there's believe. only eight weeks in the season? Yeah, there's only seven. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Wait, let me scroll down real quick. So what's going on? Oh, wait, the, no, there's ten weeks. I'm what sorry. Are the, what are the big storylines? Have you been making any money? Uh, the big storylines are the home teams keep winning, although they went two and two last week. Uh, we are making money on the pod last week. We gave out uh, Vipers plus seven at home, pushed, which was a push, but also the Wildcats at home, I think, uh, plus six against the defender, the DC defenders, the undefeated DC defenders. Wildcats won 39 to nine. So yeah. I don't, Damn. and I tweeted out, uh, the roughnecks minus four and that, uh, that covered yeah, the pretty rough, easily. The roughies, the roughies did, uh, wait, the roughies played the Vipers. So you're on. Oh no, that's not who middle? I meant. Who did I mean? I the the renegades, the renegades, the renegades, the renegades. Yes. They beat, uh, the dragons, Seattle Dragons, uh, twenty four twelve. Yeah, so the Roughnecks and the and the Renegades both won at home. Um, Renegades showing some life after looking lifeless the first two weeks. Um, the Battlehawks, 
just absolutely crushed the uh, NYGs. I love calling them that because they, they might be as good as the Giants. <laughs> um, I I bet I didn't announce it on the pod, but I did bet the the St. Louis Battlehawks at ten to one to win the championship. They're now two and one. They're in first place in the East Division. How many teams make the playoffs? Uh, two from each division. So. Looking at the standings, the Battlehawks are in first in the East. Defenders and are in second. They're both two and one. Then the Guardians and the Vipers, who both look pretty pathetic. Uh, so the Vipers, I mean, we're a Vipers pod, you know. They they still can come back. They're they you know just a lot gotta of, uh, maybe left. maybe just gotta win get some in. games. Just gotta get in. Would you say this is a rebuilding year for them? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it's gonna be awkward when Mark Tressman gets fired. Um, after one year in the XFL. There, yeah, uh, but what what is interesting is, did you see, which, I mean, isn't surprising, but um, the Guardians quarterback, Luis Perez, the guy that would, like, lit the AAF on fire, said that he learned how to play quarterback uh, by watching YouTube videos. That's awesome. But he's, like, he's not bad, but, like, that's also probably where Kevin Gilbride learned how to call offensive plays on... Fucking YouTube. There's better offensive plays on Madden. YouTube. Yeah, on Madden. I don't engage even engage eight. <laughs> engage eight. Well, no, he's offensive coach. Yeah. It's just draw. Yeah. Third and ten, draw. Slants. And the irony is, he still doesn't go for two. I don't understand why. Yeah, going. You have to at least go for the two. The went for one. three a couple times. You that got it. Wild. Why wouldn't you? Sick. They started off the game sense. and went for three. Um. So. You know, things are still in flux in the league. In the, in the West, we have the Roughnecks 3-0. They look by far the best team. June Jones, Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, head coach just fucking lighting it up. And the Renegades, Wildcats, and the Dragons. Um, so looking at the lines. Yeah, what about some picks this week? Give us some quick picks. Quick picks. Um, there's, there, Saturday is the day of big lines. We have the Wildcats at the Guardians. Wildcats are minus Seven on the road, seven point favorites on the road. And then the Dragons go to uh, St. Louis. St. Louis is a twelve point favorite. Notes like what is cool? Like, tell me. St. Louis loves this football team. <laughs> they it's this do. fucking Roger Goodell took the Rams from them, gave them to whatever Walter Cronkite, Stan Kroenke. Well, they had him, but he moved them. But like now they have the Battlehawks. There's a guy in the stands with wings. Oh, he looked incredible. Probably the best name. But what I like about the Battlehawks, because um, they have uh, Tamu. I forget how to say his name. He has the Tamu? apostrophe. Tamu? Tam, Tamu. I don't know where the emphasis is because there's the apostrophe in there, and I, I, I'm, I apologize. Um, Are you looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if you look at the NFL now, mobile quarterbacks are in. They're in vogue. Guys that can throw the ball downfield and mm-hmm. then can also, you know, move with their legs. And – you know, in the XFL, the players aren't as good. The defenses aren't as good. It's, you know, in between college and the NFL. So when you have a quarterback that can throw the ball but also can, is mobile and can move, like, he's going to be pretty good. And that's what Tamu, Tamu – God, it's embarrassing. That's what he does. And he can – he moves the ball. He can – he makes the throws. Uh, they actually – like, their offense looks – you know, it's not like a cookie cutter offense. He can make the throws downfield. He can hit the slants over the middle, and if nothing's open, he can move. He's one of the top three rushers in the NF- XF, the XFL right now. Um, so, 
a minus 12 with the Dragons. It's a lot of points, but... Um, it's um, not crazy. Uh, they're the home team. I'm I'm looking at the Battle Hawks minus twelve. Uh, if we go to Sunday, uh, the Guardians Wildcats. Uh, I would I would lean towards the plus seven with the home team, but it's, it's again, Gilbride. It's Gilbride and McGloin and uh, bad bad uh, bad chemistry there. But um, then we got the uh, the yes. battle for the battle for Texas. The battle for Texas on Sunday. Roughnecks a, a one point favorite. Against the Renegades, uh, it's probably a pick 'em where where you minus look. one, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the defenders two and a half point. A lot of road favorites. Defenders are two and a half point favorite against the Vipers. Is this the Vipers get <sighs> the well game? Win. It's a must win game. I think. You think? Yeah, I think I would say I venture to say it's a must win game. At who this do point you of the who season. do you like on Sunday then? I mean, the thing is, it's. It's, I've been watching the Vipers play every week, and <laughs> they put up the yards, Dedicated. and then they finally got in the end zone this week. They put up some points, and they still lost. Uh, you know, they, they didn't... Gotta, gotta to, score more points than yeah. the other team. At least they, that's, pu- that's at least they pushed. They pushed. Um, the defender... I don't know. Defenders look... I feel like the defenders have looked better than the Vipers throughout the course of the season. Uh yes they have they're so two I and mean, one they've looked great at home and then they shit the bed on the road in L A yeah uh, coming back to Florida Cardell Jones if I'm gonna pick I'm gonna take the Roughnecks as a one point favorite on the road they're in Texas they're not I mean Texas is huge though I don't know the the mileage between Houston and Dallas but I'm taking the Roughnecks and June Jones offense on the road it travels yeah uh, I'm gonna stay away from the the Defenders Vipers game. yeah I'll just root for the Vipers we already my we heart. already had I already have a Vipers <laughs> future I don't need to put more money on the Vipers yeah, I don't need to keep losing all right so. so you heard it here first XFL Terry takes Battlehawks minus twelve. I'll learn how to say Tamu's name. Tamu. Tamu. And the Roughnecks. Roughnecks. Minus one. June Jones. Minus one. June Jones. And uh, that's it for the XFL corner. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to come back. We're going to talk some NHL with a special guest contributor. And uh, then we'll do some segments. I also got a great Super Tuesday bet um, that I'm excited to tell you guys about. Is it a super bet? Super bet on Super Tuesday. Daniel, take him out of here. Book him. All right, we now welcome on our special NHL guest contributor. Um, his name is Matthew DeLeo. He's actually related to me. Brother Matt, welcome to the podcast. Wait, is he special because it's just different or like he's special? <laughs> Why don't you ask him? <laughs> Matt, welcome to the Oddscast. Great to have you on. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be on here. I've been waiting for the call for quite a while, so it's a uh, it's good to get on for once. But uh, happy to be here. Happy to be with the guys. Um, so, just for our listeners, Matt um, he goes by Matty Chucks on uh, on the Action app. I'm looking at his profile right now. In his last 30 days, he's plus 40 units. If you scroll down to the Damn. if you scroll down to NHL all time. He has a 57.5 hit rate for plus 43.66 units. I've been following his NHL picks a lot this season. Um, he writes uh, for a website. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, website. It was a startup uh, kind of platform um, to post pictures. Just give, uh, just your drop bet. your link. Just drop your link. What's what's the website? Uh, AmericanBettingExperts.com. Go and, check it out. And the NHL section is made. All right. So. 
We're going to talk the trade deadline just happened in the NHL. Um, what were some of the moves that you liked the teams that made? Um, did you, you know, have you made futures bets already on some teams? We'll talk a little bit about the NHL trade deadline. Um, what was the biggest move you think? And uh, what, what are some moves that uh, some teams made that you liked? Um, the lightning somehow definitely got better. They acquired Blake Coleman from the devils, um, gave up a a top prospect for him and a pick, but I think the lightning are obviously in win now mode and they got Blake Coleman, who I think kind of slid under the radar this season. And he, um, got 21 goals, 10 assists for the devils. And he kind of got overshadowed by Kyle Palmer and other players, but, um, he's a good winger for them. And, uh, if they keep this hot streak going as the playoffs, they have a deep team. I think they're they've got even better for a chance to make up for last season's uh, horrific and. Well, I think the Lightning have been the favorite going into the playoffs for probably the last like three or four years. What's the um, kind of the the thought in terms of like is this finally their year? Like, what's changed? How are things different? Like, like will there be lightning or just thunder again? <laughs> Um, the Lightning, uh, this has got to be one of the last, I guess, attempts to win the Cup for them. They can't keep everybody. Um, I think the odds now are at plus 550, but if you got them at a couple weeks back, it was uh, plus 900 on FanDuel. So I jumped on that kind of in their mid, was it, eight-game win streak or whatever they had going on. Um, I think it's a little too juiced now. I don't know if I'd lay it at plus 550 with how crazy the NHL playoffs usually are, but... They're, they're definitely the favorite and for good reason. Um, besides the Lightning, I think the Hurricanes got better. Uh, they're still trying to fight for that playoff spot as well. Um, they're kind of in the mix for the wild card with the Islanders and the Blue Jackets, Rangers, and I guess the Panthers. And they got Tim Glottonen from the Devils, and they got uh, Trocek as well. So I think uh, they're kind of in win-now mode as well. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs, but they're definitely trying. Um, and they definitely are the winners of the trade deadline, in my opinion. Uh, looking at the futures market, uh, you mentioned the Lightning. There. Plus 475, this is on DraftKings. Uh, Bruins plus 750, Knights plus 800, Blues plus 900, Avalanche 10 to 1, Penguins 10 to 1. Those are the 10 to 1 teams. Um, I know you said you bet the Lightning at 9 to 1, but out of those teams, um, who do you like? Um, are there any conferences you're particularly looking at? And, uh, you know, what are some of those uh, teams that you're looking at outside of the Lightning um, to put a futures bet on? Um, I definitely like the Avalanche at plus a thousand. I think they're, I guess, neck and neck with the Lightning talent-wise. Um, I definitely give the edge of goaltending to the Lightning, but I think the Avalanche um, have talent all across the board. Uh, they had a good, decent playoff run last year, but they're here to take it this year. And at plus a thousand, I would definitely put some juice on them. Um, next tier, Capitals. 14-1, Flyers 20-1, Hurricanes, which you mentioned, 21-1, Maple Leafs also 21-1, Oilers 24-1, and then uh, the rest of the teams are over 30, uh, Canucks, Flames, Predators, Islanders. Um, any dark horse teams that you like out of that group uh, to put some money on? Because, you know, last year the Blues made it, you know, the, the NHL playoffs are always, you know, pretty notorious for a team getting hot at the right time that's not necessarily a favorite winning the Cup. Uh, yeah, I think I think getting it hot at the right time is definitely key. Um, I think the Blues obviously had a rough start, but then they kicked it up into gear. 
think the Lightning got hot too early, and then they kind of cooled off come playoff time, and they got swept. I like the Stars at plus 1,400. Um, I know you like them as well. I think we talked before the season started. We got them at plus 2,500. Yeah, I, I, I gave them out on the podcast. That was my uh, uh, regular you know, preseason pick for, for the Stanley Cup, I think. You know, Bishop and Nett um, and just how defensively they play. They, they remind me a lot of the Blues last year in terms of how physical they are. Uh, you know, that's the kind of style that's won out in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the last couple of years. Um, so you still like them at 14 to 1. I think I would still like them at 14 to 1. I think I'd like them up to 10 to 1. Um, again, like you said, they're, they're tough, they got good goalkeeping. Um, and they, they can figure out how to how to score the puck and come playoff time. I think they're going to be a real tough team to beat. Um, besides the Stars, I think my my really big reach of a dark horse is the Flames. Uh, might not be a popular pick, but at plus thirty five hundred, you can get them. Wow. Um, they're Value. they're in the race in the Pacific Division. It's kind of a four or five team race to get those three spots. But if not, I think they'll get the wild card anyway. And uh, they've been really kicking it into gear ever since they fired uh, Coach Peters. And uh, they're 19 and 13 on the road. Um, They're fast. Um, Yeah, they've had experience being there before. They haven't really had success, but they've been in the playoffs before. Yeah, I I think this could be the year. I think they, they, they figured the locker room situation out. You know, this team a year ago was the number one seed. Uh, they, they won their division, so um, I think people kind of forget that this year. But uh, I think that a plus thirty five hundred, if they're going to make the playoffs and they have experience, I think it's a good run. So Matt, like you know, towards the end of the season, uh, I, I just told, was talking about this in regards to the NBA uh, in terms of fading um, teams that are tanking or you know, like teams that are just aren't good uh, because like the NBA draft lottery is such a big deal. Do you think that that's that like same type of theory can apply to the NHL? And if so, are there any teams that you think that you should fade for the rest of the year? Like, can I just bet against the Red Wings literally every time they step on the ice? <laughs> I, I think you could have done that before they... Oh, I mean, I was, taking, but... <laughs> but uh, I think the same thing applies as in the NBA. Um, I think teams obviously sold a lot at this trade deadline. You saw a lot of trades. Um, and I think you could definitely bet against them. Uh, the Red Wings, the Senators, the Senators keep being, are, they keep uh, keeping themselves in close games, but I think down the stretch, you can make a lot of money betting on these tanking teams, especially okay. with teams fighting for playoff spots. And betting against them, you, you know, the, the puck line is huge. That, that minus, you yeah. know, the minus one and a half, um, betting a, a good team fighting for playoff position yeah. um, against a bad team. Yeah, I was saying, Matt. I know you and I talked about this the other day, but uh, in like in addition to puck line, I know like I've been playing a lot of the sixty minute line. Um, I think that there's some value there that's kind of like in the middle of puck line and the money line. Um, I feel like it's, you know, the better, like if you're, if you think the team's going to really win, uh, against some of those teams like the Red Wings and whatever, it's kind of a nice way to build a parlay. Um, but I don't know what your thoughts on that are versus like puck line or just regular money line. Um, yeah, I think 60 minute line is, um, a thing a lot of people don't really know about, uh, for those non hockey fans that bet, I think it's a great, um, bet to do because for the puck line parlays or puck line picks, you kind of, you know, hold your breath for the empty net goal. But I think down the stretch, teams are going to be, um, if, you, if you have a playoff contender against a tanking team, I think 
they're not going to try and get the extra goal. They're just going to hold on, clear it out. They know the other team is trying to lose. They're going to just clear it out, hold on. And I think it's a lot safer of a bet. Yeah. So I think you can get a ton of value on the 60-minute lines. No, uh, yeah, I agree. I like that. And then for anybody that doesn't know, could you explain like what the options are for a 60-minute line? The options as in like yeah I mean like it's like because how could you because you can lose a sixty minute line or sixty okay, minute yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah you can you can line. win or lose a bet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so so sixty minute please line, explain for those of you guys that don't know is uh, you have to win in a regulation so if the game goes to overtime you lose so right. if you're up three to two you win and then if the team ties it and, and you win in overtime you still lose because you have to win in regulation but <laughs> great, great analysis <laughs> great great well, question can, Joe I'm saying and you can because you can bet on the tie so <laughs> yeah. just throwing that out there all right Matt well wait that, Matt no I have a question uh is Connor McDavid good Connor McDavid is the most talented hockey player to ever play the game of hockey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The greatest one. This is what we need I to think, clip. I think he's the most talented. Obviously, he doesn't have the accolades, but I think he can do a lot of things on the ice that we've never really seen before. What about winning? Winning, he's got to do first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, uh, thank you for coming on the pod to discuss some NHL picks and uh, some futures. Um, we'll, we'll promote you a little bit if you want to drop. I, I know I mentioned your Action Network uh, handle, which is Matty Chucks. Did I get that right? Yeah, it's because my middle name is Charles. I don't know if you know that or not, but it's just uh, <laughs> Ah, okay. Like <laughs> wow. you're chucking something. Nice. Uh, so yeah, drop the Twitter, drop the uh, drop where you make your picks, and your uh, tell tell people where they can find you. Um, my action is Maddie Chucks, as you said, and my Twitter is I think Maddie underscore Chucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when we post the episode, we'll we'll put a link to your uh, to your socials. Thank you for coming on. Um, Thank hope- you guys for having me. Thank you, Maddie. Chucks. Pleasure. Thank I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you around. Take care. Love you. Bye. Love you too. All right. So I want to take some time to talk about Super Tuesday, um, for which uh, is the biggest primary day of the cycle. Um, It's a day where 14 states vote, well, 13, and then they have like a Democrats abroad that takes, you know, America, Samoa, and all the territories. Um, It's the, I think it's like 30% of the delegates are being awarded that day. Um, and you know, as of right now, the democratic primary, we've had three States, Iowa, um, New Hampshire, Nevada, Bernie Sanders won the popular vote in all three. Pete Buttigieg has a delegate lead right now in Iowa. They're still counting the votes after that. Still, still just out of that crazy clusterfuck of a, of a caucus. Um, and then it's, so we're releasing this on Thursday, South Carolina's on Saturday, um, right now, Joe Biden is minus 400 to win South Carolina. Sorry to uh, friend of the program at Take Care who has uh, <laughs> Bernie Sanders to win Iowa. I think he said two units at plus 125. No, North Carolina, right? Uh, South, South Carolina, Carolina yeah. not Iowa, yeah. Um, so a couple good polls came out from for Biden on Wednesday. Um, so looking ahead, so it's Saturday, South Carolina. Super Tuesday is obviously the Tuesday right after that. Right now... On 538, which is Nate Silver's blog. Out of those, out I think of it's those, a website. It's definitely not a blog anymore. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a website. It's a website. Out of those 15 states, out of Bernie Sanders is projected 
to win 12 of them. Right now, over under primaries one on Super Tuesday, over 11 and a half is plus 430. So I feel juicy. It's a little juicy. Uh, but so this is off of five dimes, which is the offshore book I use. You can't bet. Um, politics. That. Yeah. You can't bet political stuff right now on uh, in New Jersey. Um, so if you have an offshore book, we won't tell anybody. Um, but you is that because it's rigged? <laughs> it's is just, it a privilege thing? Or it's, what it's, about super PACs? Um, you know, you can't bet the hot dog eating contest. You can't bet like skill things that just aren't sports. So <laughs> over. So, it, but they list the bets in terms of you know progressively winning primaries for Bernie Sanders. So Bernie Sanders, Super Tuesday primaries, one over 10 and a half is plus 160. Over 11 and a half is plus 430. Over 12 and a half, and remember that I said 12 of those states, he has, uh, you know, he's projected to win those states. Some are slim margins. Um, over 12 and a half is 10 to 1 plus 1,000. So what, is it, what does win mean, though? Getting yeah. most vote totals. Like, so, so it's a popular vote? So popular vote, yes. Oh. None of these are caucuses. They're all popular votes. So you know, going through, like Vermont, 99% chance of him winning. California, 88% chance. Utah, 86%. Colorado, 81%. Dems abroad, 69%. Nice. Maine, 65%. Massachusetts, 58 Those are seven states he has a 50% chance of more of winning. The issue is, is when you look at Texas 49, Virginia 49, North Carolina 41, Minnesota 43, which is second to Klobuchar by like half a point. Most of these second place finishers or projected finishers is Joe Biden. Um, Bloomberg's in two of them. But the big thing is, is that Super Tuesday marks the first primary that Mike Bloomberg's actually going to be on the ballot. Bloomberg was on the debate stage in South Carolina, but he did not um, put himself on the ballot. He didn't get enough signatures because his strategy was to wait until Super Tuesday to do a huge ad blitz, and he didn't really care about the first four states. So Biden, you would think, would get a decent jump from being first place, but I don't think anybody's going to drop out in time for that um, Super Tuesday. Like, I don't think Buttigieg is going to drop out because he's, you know, going to think, oh, it's only three days away. Like, there's no reason to spend my campaign. Let's just see what happens on Super Tuesday. Same for Klobuchar because Minnesota's on Super Tuesday. That's my home state. Maybe I can get a win there. Um, Elizabeth Warren, same thing. She's second in Massachusetts, her home state. Um, so none, none of these people... Why do, why do people suspend their campaigns? Because until four years from now, or it ain't over till it's over, Terry. Because Wait, technically, they, they can come back. Like they don't. This, end it probably has campaigns. to do with their. It probably has to do with their um, donation money, right? In a way, um, maybe. I think it has to do with delegates too. Like you still have pledged delegates to you. Like if you win delegates, so like Yang, I think. I don't think he won a delegate, but like, you know, if Steyer were to suspend his campaign after becoming viable in South Carolina, getting over 15%, like he would have two delegates like going into the convention and like he controls. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but so my bet here, seeing that my, my thought on this is that Biden's not going to get a huge bump because this is going to be the first time Bloomberg is on the ballot. So people are going to be more excited to vote for Bloomberg the first time, however exciting that may be for people to actually vote for Mike Bloomberg in a primary. Um, but the Bloomberg-Biden overlap in voters, there's been polls on this, is very similar. They're both drawing from the same group of voters. So Biden's vote bump 
from like the moderate wing of the party isn't going to be that big because he's going to be losing vote share to Bloomberg. And if you look at it, like I said, 12 of these 15 states, Bernie is Bernie Sanders is projected to win this. Um, you know, there's some that are 31% chance, 33% chance that are lower. But if you think that, you know, 538 is right, there is a great opportunity here to do a progressive three-way bet here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put one unit on over 10 and a half primary states, one on Super Tuesday at plus 160. I'm going to do a half unit plus 430 for Bernie Sanders to win over 11 and a half primaries on Super Tuesday. And then I'm going to put a quarter of a unit on Bernie Sanders to win 12 and a half over uh, Super Tuesday primary states at 10 to 1. And just hope that the polls are right. Hope that the aggregation that Nate Silver does at 538 um, is accurate. And hope that Bloomberg and Biden kind of take the same vote share and, and split the vote that will, you know, not prevent Bernie Sanders from winning the majority of the Super Tuesday states. So, you know, if he wins all those states that he's projected to win uh, and then just flips Minnesota um, or Tennessee, that's 13 states. And, you know, that I think there's a huge amount of value here. I don't think the markets have adjusted um, to this polling. I think people still are not coming to terms with the strength of the polling that Bernie Sanders' campaign has got over the course of this campaign. And I think that it's a good bet. You know, whatever your political leanings are, I think that this is a good bet. So over 10 and a half states, one on Super Tuesday, one unit, over 11 and a half Point five units over twelve and a half point two five units, and uh, just sit back and hope it comes through. Wow, fantastic! Uh, I'm gonna push back and say, what if Bloomberg's campaign ends before Tuesday? <laughs> I'm gonna like push what? back. I'm gonna what? push back on that and say that that's never gonna happen. Because if Bi- like Biden you know, gets 40% of the vote in South Carolina mm-hmm. and, you know, Bloomberg gets what? 10 Bloomberg isn't running in South Carolina. Yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> he's, he's not going to end his campaign before he runs, uh, before he sees out, uh, one state that he's running in. If, if Biden has a really strong thing going on in South Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's Super Tuesday, and as Bloomberg's favorability and support, you know, is on the decline right now after his very great, very great um, debate performances. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that these people that are undecided on Bloomberg aren't just going to go to Biden? I mean, that's that's the only thing that's, um, you know, that's that's the only pushback against this is that Biden gets a big enough bump in South Carolina to take away two of these states. You know, you're eyeing like Oklahoma, where Bernie has a 31 chance of winning, but Biden's like right there at 28. Um, North Carolina, 41% chance of winning. Biden's right behind him at like 22. You know, if if he swings those two states, but I I just think that they're going to split the vote. It's the first time he's on the ballot the ad buys are going to be a big thing. Like I think 
a lot of there's not a lot of time between South Carolina and Super Tuesday. It's three days. Three so. days. Not a lot of time. No. There's so. not. That's uh, that's my uh, that's my bet. So okay, I'll post it. But I think there's a lot of value. I can see Russia from my house. We're going RV tripping once again, um, and we're back. We have a. Uh, we're gonna put out the map this week, and we're actually doing pretty well. Long awaited. Long awaited map will be released um, where it shows our progress. Yeah. For new listeners, this is our segment where we bet. Uh, we, we go on a quest to bet every single state in America. Um, so we have to bet a game that's happening in that state. Yep. And uh, we have to bet it. And we normally bet games that are usually just minus 110. We'll pick a spread. Yeah. Um, but we're doing pretty pretty solid. You can see by the map that is out now on Instagram. Um, and we haven't posted a map because we didn't want Joe to know where we were in America. <laughs> what? Joe is <laughs> Joe Delera, terrible at geography. But I did know the five states with the... Largest landmass. Yes, because everyone was listening when you said them all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Everyone knows what you're talking about. All right. Um, we're fresh off of our Oklahoma trip. Where are we going next? Producer Corey, please start the engine. Vroom, vroom. Choo-choo. The state is Connecticut. Wow. Constitution wow. State. Very similar the to Oklahoma. Constitution State? Correct. Is How it? is that the Constitution State? That's what it says under Wasn't nicknames. Delaware the first state? No- it was. Delaware it was. was in state number one. Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. All right. Here we go. Over, under, fourth state admitted. <laughs> Push. Uh, I'm saying it's the fourth state admitted. Push. Uh, Bet the draw on the 60-minute lot. You think? Is it? I'm going to say it's over. I think it's, isn't it the seventh? It's over. It's either the fourth or it's over. Yeah. It's five. Yep. Fuck. Suck it down. (laughs) Delaware, Um, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. I don't know the answer to this, so I can't. I've only been through Connecticut. Actually, no, I I did broadcast a game at the Hartford XL Center. Um, Really not a lot going on there. It's a terrible place to drive through. Have you ever been? In Bridgeport for more than 15 minutes? No. no. I had to get gas there once. Worst day ever. Not all of us went to hoity-toity private schools in New England. <laughs> I thought we Yeah, did. actually, oh. Bruce Corey, you're more elite than all yeah, of us. Yeah, wait. <laughs> I, got I, went to, to I went it. to a public school. I went to a small, a small <laughs> private school. I was really into Latin. I think know. in terms of elitism for alma maters, you're one. Joe's two. I don't know. It's mama. Terry's three. I went to a, I went to a party school. Yeah, we went to the same school. Just mine was out of state. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Time That's for a, some Connecticut facts. All right. Hit Let me, me check my privilege and read this to you. Uh, so we got Mark Twain, a uh, local native of Connecticut. <laughs> That's not even his real name. Shh. That's what it says on the website. That's what we're going with. Harry Beecher Stowe. The very sexy John Mayer, uh, go see Dead & Co. Uh, that's why he, that song, I Am Driving 85, and he just wants to keep driving because he's going to drive through Connecticut. Yeah, it sucks. Awful state. That's all it is. It's a goddamn like impediment to me getting to where I need to go. I am driving nope. uh, Benedict Arnold was actually born there. That he was surprisingly sense. young during the revolution. I didn't expect him to be so young. Makes sense. They all were because they all died at like 45 years old. 
Uh, Charles Goodyear, the man who uh, originated guy? vulcanized rubber. So shout out to the shoe guy. Wow. And yeah, it was like mostly a tires. condom or like Whoa. vulcanized rubber, like like tires and shoes. Oh. What kind of condoms? Jesus you use? Christ! <laughs> a lot of RPMs there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this state sucks. <laughs> All right, give this us a state song is Yankee Doodle. Uh, oh, that fuck makes sense. that. Ask Dom the Capital. Uh, yeah, Dom, what's the Capital? It's Hartford, isn't it? No. You are so not as confident as you used to Concord. be when it came to Capitals. Is it a Concord? <laughs> no, it's not, Hartford. Damn, it's Hartford. Yeah. It is Hartford. Uh, so Concord is New Hampshire. You used confidence to just slam yeah. them down. Confidence is key. Yeah. Yeah, your confidence is shot. All right. Um, game? I am confident in picking games um, in Connecticut. So, uh, I think in honor of our producer going to an elite New England school, we should maybe pick a game of the, of the same ilk. <laughs> maybe, maybe go in the Ivy League. Uh, uh, Holy Cross was invited to the Ivy League. And maybe, you know, we are, we're in New Jersey. We have an Ivy League school. People forget that we do. Yeah, Rutgers. Yep. Uh, yeah, they used to play. The same when I went division. to when I like started at Rutgers, they would like in our like orientation, they like put they listed like Rutgers, uh, Yale, Harvard, <laughs> Princeton. Is that why they can justify uh, charging so Dartmouth? Much? They like listed seven schools, and like obviously Rutgers. Was Rutgers not is supposed the to be only up there. school there. And they were like, system. they were like, these are the first seven schools ever formed in this country. You were among, like, greatness. <laughs> My dad always likes saying, because he's a Rutgers alum, he always likes saying that uh, when, like, the Rutgers football team was so bad, he's like, Rutgers doesn't belong playing Ohio State. They should be playing Princeton and Harvard. I'm like, Dad, they're a huge state school. He's going to get uh, better. Ivy League, biggest <laughs> Ivy League school there is. But you're not talking about Rutgers. You're talking about. No, I'm talking about the real Ivy League. <laughs> uh, and we have... So, uh, Monmouth. <laughs> so we have a lot, uh, of lawns, a lot of BMWs. We have Robert Morris. No, just kidding. We have uh, Princeton visiting Yale ah. in in Connecticut. Heavy hitter game. New Haven, Connecticut. Yale what actually Yale is actually very good this year. Yale is a projected twelve seed right now. Um, you know, Ivy League doesn't have a tournament, so they're probably going to make the tournament. Well, yeah. Um, it's just annoying when. Is it when you get in the tournament and it's like, oh, Harvard's a 14 seed, oh, Yale's a, a a 13 seed, and you're like, generally you're rooting for these upsets to happen for these small schools to beat these bigger conference power conference schools, mm-hmm. and they really put your mind in a pretzel. And it's like, do you really want? Does this Ivy League school? These kids already have enough going for them. Yeah, do like they, they really? Fat L. Am I really rooting for these kids to beat these yeah, kids? They're gonna get their endowment. No yeah, matter what. like what, like. It, uh, I hate the Ivy League. Corey, so I'm, so, I'm sorry, it. Corey. Let's put uh, them against <laughs> each other. Yeah, so we're looking at uh, Yale as a 12-point favorite at home. Uh, there's no lines out yet, but that's that's what our model says. Well, Ken Palm's model. Uh, so what, what do you guys think? Um, I'm all on Yale here. I think that um, – and, yeah, you know, the Ivy League – is you know deep in conference games they play friday saturday so they have ass to asses literally every week yes that's the only ass their moms their moms show up with orange slices after the game (laughs) um so in those two so yale is going to be going from penn um they're going to be playing two two home games penn and princeton um in the two 
ass to asses they have hosted already on the Saturday game at home. They beat Cornell by 15 points and they beat Dartmouth by uh, 18 points. So they have had success in the spot before. Um, right now they are eight and two in the conference and Harvard and Princeton are seven and three. So these are, you know, big Big games games. for them. They're big games because there's only four games left for them in the season. So, um, they have, uh, you know, the all Ivy league Ken Palm team. Two of the players are from, uh, Yale, Paul Atkinson, number one uh, player in the Ivy league. We love Paul and Jordan Brunner. Uh, Yeah, we know. What are their GPAs? Uh, yeah, I wonder what their SAT scores were. I don't know. Don't know. Don't care. SAT scores don't as matter. As long as they cover by 12, then they Either can go do. GPAs. They can go be judges. <laughs> they can go be presidents. Oh, well, Google Maps. They want to just be themselves. Dumb. How far is the drive, Terry? I was trying to look it up, and Google Maps sent me to the Yale's office in New York City. Do which they ask you for more money? We don't care about it's about it's an a, it's about an hour and forty minute drive from Brown huh. to Yale. Oh, Brown! But you're driving on Connecticut Turnpikes, which absolutely <laughs> suck. So I mean, uh. so are we taking Yale minus twelve? I like Yale minus twelve. Uh, you know, you're on the road the entire time. They're college kids playing back to back. That's gonna suck. You're riding in a bus. I mean, I know their endowments are. I mean, you're not talking about in the pants region. We're talking about in the money region for the school. They're like $50 million billion that aren't taxed, so they only grow, and they don't use them for anything. That's my rant on endowments for college. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to take Yale, the better team, playing at home uh, against Princeton, who's you know traveling the day before and playing a game. All right, Yale minus that. 12. Let's get it. Also, I'm going to say, since they're playing at Brown, that uh, Providence overrated city. Have you ever twisted your ankle on that cobblestone? It stinks. It's a stinky, stinky place. Like actually stinky? No, it just stinks. Oh, okay. It's uh, overrated. A lot of mafiosos. Um, Our next segment is a new segment we will be Smooth transition. It's called Prop Lock and Drop It. Prop, lock, and drop it. Prop, lock, and drop it. Prop, lock, and drop it. Cut it now. Perfect. Um, (laughs) And this is, uh, we are going to um, do a hypothetical prop and come around and discuss it and bet it. And uh, we're going to put ourselves in some uh, funny situations and some serious situations. And this week is going to be a serious situation. How serious? uh, Might be a matter of life and death. The uh, oh. cor- the coronavirus has uh, the hype has taken over, um, and we are now as a country um, putting task force together to fight this. And uh, why are we doing that? To stop just the spread of the, the virus. I feel like you'd have a government organization already prepared for such a thing. So the this. Um, so Clay Travis was trying on, on Twitter, Your who boy. I hate. Um, was trying to downplay downplay the uh, the seriousness of the coronavirus, and I, I came up um, with Will Clay Travis contract coronavirus in the next year. I, I said it because he was comparing it to the flu. So if you compare it to the flu, you have probably like an eight or one and nine to one chance of getting the coronavirus. Do you get the flu shot? I thought it was the flu. It's a strain. It's a strain. Do you get um, a flu shot? 
So but, not a pull. No, I did not get the flu shot. No. Oh, Dom's fucked. But um, Terry takes was um, we were discussing the Olympics because <laughs> the Olympics are in where are they Tokyo this year? They're in uh, Tokyo. Yeah. And Arigato. Uh, the ICE, I don't know, the International Gaming Committee, whatever the fuck they're called. What? Um, the IOC. The Interna- IOC. International Olympic Come on. Committee. They came out and said basically yeah. that we aren't sure if the um, the Olympics are going to happen. Is that correct, Terry? What? The Olympics? Mm-hmm. I, I, no, they didn't say that. The United States Olympic Committee. Said that they're like not sure if they're gonna go. Yeah, not uh, sure if, if you know a superpower doesn't go. Honestly, you know awkward. how stoked everybody. Unless there's a world war going on or the Cold War, or yeah, it's it kind of gets weird. If Russia or the United States don't show up, it's kind of is, uh, it's is an Russia awkward out situation. Of this one? I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah, but, I don't know. So like, would anybody be going? Is this <laughs> the Russian Is this a Russian plot to cancel the the only? Olympics that they're not allowed to compete in. This is a good narrative. So he's this is, this, no. So this no. This guy. Hat. This guy is this the, is, the vice president of the International Olympic Committee, Richard William Duncan Pound, aka Dick Pound. Dick Pound. <laughs> he's a Canadian lawyer. Um, Canadian <laughs> swimming Canadian champion. Lawyers. Hmm. So what? What are, you wanted to talk about whether or not they would be suspending this? Is this what you were talking about? Yeah, uh, Dick Pound used the word cancellation. They would, they're more likely to cancel it than they would just, uh, postpone it. I guess that. Like, so, what, so what are you putting the odds at of it getting canceled? Yeah, will the Olympics get canceled? What are the odds? I'm putting it at five to one. Five to one. Yes. So, uh, so are you? I was going to say maybe more like eight. I'll go with seven. Seven to well, one. Well, so which side do you want? That it's canceled or not canceled? Seven to one that it is canceled. And you would take canceled at seven I would take not canceled at minus 400. Okay. If anybody out there wants to bet the odds cast, we will bet you. On the, Se- on, on do, we have an, do we have an app for this yet? Soon. Seven to one. <laughs> seven to one that the Olympics uh, will be canceled. We'll give you seven to one odds if you give us minus 400 odds. DM us. We'll put it together. Slide in there. And, I just, uh, I don't see how they cancel the Olympics when they've spent $25 billion already. And I mean, it's just the putting it on. Flu, like, whatever. It, money, money wins. And even if Russia or the U.S. doesn't show up, uh, it means more gold medals to other countries that wouldn't creates, necessarily won them. It creates a great betting opportunity for everyone else, like, or for us. The, you know, it makes the Olympics wide open. I, yeah, I just, I mean, if the World Cup is sending the sending their most prized possession to, if FIFA's sending the World Cup their most prized possession to Qatar, then I don't think that <laughs> Japan, <laughs> with FIFA and the IOC are cut from the same cloth, uh, I don't think that they're going to cancel their, you know, prized possession of the Summer Olympics um, because of uh, an illness. I think that's a good take. All right. Bet us. Uh, let's close it out with some... Uh, that was prop, lock, and drop. Oh! Prop, lock, and drop it. Prop, lock, and drop it. Prop, lock, and drop it. And prop, now we're going to finish it out with quick pods and recs. Uh, let's start it up. Recommend something to the listeners, and we'll see you next week. So uh, I don't know how many of you guys have a Wegmans by you. I just scooped 
Wegmans brand spicy kimchi. And let me tell you, my mother would be proud. It was pretty good. Um, not all that expensive, like five ninety nine. I uh, I've been doing this thing where I have um, veggie burgers, not because they're like environmentally conscious. We weren't going to make fun of you, Joe. Jesus Christ! But have because an open mind. they're pretty good. They're like these Morningstar ones. This is really a compound. I like my, I yeah. like Morningstar. So it's they're Chipotle black bean burgers. They say to like put them in the pan. I microwave it first, then put it in the pan. But I I made a sandwich last night um, with the Chipotle black bean burger. Uh, on a Miami onion roll with kimchi on top of it. Holy Lord. I felt great. You did seem to be glowing today. So, you know, I think it really, you know, it's tough sometimes for me to open my eyes to new opportunities, but this was an easy one to do it for. Kimchi on a veggie burger. Um, Not bad. In terms of just picking up on the uh, feeling good, uh, recommend yoga. Yeah. Doing a lot of yoga. Excited. Hot yoga or regular yoga? Regular yoga. yoga. Do it you once seem a week. limber. Um, a, lot of, a lot of chill vibes from the couch right now. A yeah. lot of, uh, you know, namaste to you. Um, <laughs> cool, Trump. Is it just an excuse for you to wear gray sweats? <laughs> just flexibility. It's, it's been great for my, my personal health, mental health. Um, just just take care of yourself out there. And uh, Do you hot yoga? Do you do some weird I don't, positions I haven't now? done hot yoga. Weirder positions? Yeah, I've I've done some. You can do some stretching. Yeah, like sitting always, on your chair, weird. I can I can touch the the mm-hmm. floor without bending my knees. You should have brought this up during prop lock and drop it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I used to be able to touch my head to my knees in high school. Me too, because I had a broken knee and I had a cast all the way up to here. Wait, so like wherever I sat, I was just constantly stretching. Oh, I was able to touch my head to my knee, no problem. I all right, Marilyn Manson. I couldn't do the, the Marilyn fuck. Manson. Yeah, I couldn't. But I could. Unfortunately, touch. my dick did not tried. reach my knee. No. <laughs> Um, Beautiful but yeah. people. That's why I ended up going to an almost Ivy League school. <laughs> but that's my uh, that's my pot and wreck right there. <laughs> Bruiser Corey, Terry takes. Good. You go. You go. All right, you go. Good. I produce the show. You go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I recommend being a gentleman and let letting the other person go first. So. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to recommend stocking up on soup. Um, All signs are pointing to the end of days. I've had four people come up to me and and quote scripture for some reason throughout the day, which has been just a mind-boggling experience. I mean, it is Ash Wednesday. Yeah, it's Ash Wednesday, but the ashes aren't going to protect you from a virus. Um, In fact, it might actually help you contract it. Um. But I did get a really good deal on Progressive Soup this week at CVS. Progressive? Progresso. Progresso, sorry. Politics on the mind, man. Buying auto insurance (laughs) soup. Oh, I thought it was like just weird soups. Like like advanced soups. They're very, very, very all the soups. They're on the fringe of your normal soups. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so you know, I was able to pick up six cans for the price of two. Nice. Um, so I doubled that up and I now have too much soup. But, you know, if the end of days do come, which, again, I'm having an inkling of thinking that's going to happen, I seem prepared for at least a few days before I have to start getting to pop, lock, and drop it. We'll see you next week.
so stop acting and get it clapping Cause I'm knowing you feel me Yeah, you cute, but don't let that shit go to your head Cause with this cutie, don't you pimpin' Another one will, you prefer rockin' the suit And your heels so tall And we ain't with none of that trickin' But I been so tall I been beeping you for a while And you throwin' it back If you lookin' for you a baller We got dough in the back Look, your color call mellow brown And your skin so smooth I'm having fantasies about what you and me can do And you a undercover freak You probably thinking the same I'm seeing light up on your face Because you peeping my chain And I ain't trying to put you out there As if you a freak So don't even take it that way Just say you did it for me And yeah, you probably roll with me Cause it's money in my pocket So before then I gotta see you pop, lock and drop it Toot that thing up, mommy, make it roll Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, girl Get low if your mama gave it to your baby girl Let it show Once you pop, lock, drop it for me Maybe we can roll Never mind, never mind, do your thing 